Girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood. All right, so today we have a guest on that I would love to introduce. Um, if you listened a couple of episodes ago, we did our getting married late, in quotes. Um, and so this week we're doing getting married early. Uh, our guest this week is Samantha, and she is a lawyer, full-time, and also a full-time mom. And um, she's a very special guest because she is my sister. So uh, we just want to welcome you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. Thank you. Great. Okay, so we're going to start off with our girlfriend check-in segment. Today, we're going to use a question from the Burned After Writing book. And the question today is, what is one thing that you've always wanted to do, but never have? I'll give you ladies a second to think about it. But um, yeah, what's something you've always wanted to do, but you never have? So when I was like a, a late teenager or whatever, I really wished I would have a pilot's license by now. And that is definitely one thing I, I would love to get before I, you know, leave this earth, a pilot's license. I'd love to fly a plane. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a big goal. Okay. That, that's interesting. Well, I hope that you can do that um, and fly yourself because I don't know. <laughs> that's exactly, that's like, my husband's like, I'm not, I'm not flying with you. <laughs> right. So, but um, Yosha, did you think of your answer? So the one thing that I wish that I could have done, but I haven't had the chance to do is take voice lessons. Yeah. And so I've always wished that I had the ability to naturally sing, but being that I don't, I've always wanted to take voice lessons just because, just to do it, just to see if I could train my voice into something that sounds beautiful. Oh, that's okay. so that's Yeah, awesome. I'm sure. Listen, if a lot of these um, people who whose debut albums we heard can like sound much better now I am sure that you can trade your voice <laughs> look or with auto-tune I'll take that too <laughs> right and it's not even it's not even that I want to be a professional singer it's, it would just be for fun just to see if I can improve my voice now granted I haven't sang in a choir or anything like that in years but it would just literally just be for fun, just to see if I could do it. So. I have a friend who took vocal lessons and she was like, you know, it just was not for me. Um, and she really wanted, just like you said, she just wanted to be able to sing. And she was like, it just didn't work for me. Like <laughs> I went every mm -hmm. week and it just wasn't improving. And so <laughs> I just had to come to the conclusion that maybe singing is not for me. Or maybe starting from a young age, starting younger, you'd have the time to train your voice when your vocal cords are still developing. But yeah, at this point, it would just be for fun. And I always joke that if I did know how to sing, I'd be that person that would just sing everything and probably annoy people around me. I think you would enjoy it. I took I took voice lessons in high school and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, way more than piano lessons. I, I I think I did improve. I did gain confidence, like, you know, um, and it's funny that you say younger 
I have a friend who sings and she always says that she doesn't believe anyone should start voice lessons before puberty, especially mm. as a girl, because, you know, like your voice will lower with puberty and things like that. So I don't I think it's one of those things that it's just no late season for it. it you know, you, you, your voice is more developed now than it was as a kid. And it'll be fun. I, I think you should do it. <laughs> Well, mine is a little bit on the adventurous side, and it's it's interesting because I think this came up in one of our previous episodes, but I would like to go skydiving, I think. Um, ah! Yeah. And now I know like a, a few more people who've done it. So I have a friend who's in my PhD, well, not in my PhD program, but we started at the same time. She's actually my only friend outside of my department. I need to look into that. But she did it within the last few months. I'm like, wait, everybody, you know, like, other people are doing this. Maybe I can too. So yeah, that's something. <laughs> Your brother-in-law will go with you because he's asked all of us to do it. And we're like, absolutely not. So you have a partner. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely, definitely do it. I think it's, it's just fun. And, you know, you have people who like take pieces of paper up there and like rip I guess things that they want to leave behind I won't do that but I do think it's a cute idea I think I'll just be focused on surviving <laughs> so <laughs> no time for cute stuff like that but um yeah I really want to do that so we're going to jump right into today's topic which is getting married early and we wanted to cover this topic because two episodes ago I believe it was episode 18 we talked about getting married late according to society's standard. We just thought that if we cover one side of the perspective, we should definitely cover the other side. And we just wanted to explore what those experiences are. And as Samaria, gosh, all these Sams. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. And as Samaria mentioned earlier, we have our guest today, Samantha, and we wanted to have her on for this episode specifically because she has had the experience of getting married early or what society may potentially deem as early. And so I wanted to start off by asking you, Samantha, what would you consider the conventional or society's age range of a woman getting married, quote unquote, early? Probably like maybe under 25. I don't know. Okay. Under 25. Okay. So maybe so under 30. I don't know. <laughs> under 30. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it has changed now. Like, you know, when um, you got married or even when our parents got married, that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not the age that people are really getting married now. It's so maybe I re rephrase that by saying within the last decade, mm -hmm. we'll call it. What would you consider? Because you're right, time periods do matter. I mean, I think if we talk about 40 years ago, that's completely different. So within the last decade, what would you think that age range would be for getting married early? I mean, so much has changed. I think from, my, from when I got married, I would think anybody who got married under 25 was considered really young to be married. I think just knowing where we are now, I would probably think that anybody who got married before 30, just because I know like 30 was kind of like that trigger age for a lot of my friends. Um, so I, I really think maybe convention has moved more towards 30. Okay. Hmm, interesting. I, I think I would have said um, 24 and under. So not, not much of a difference from your first answer, but I think I would have said 24 and under. I will say, I think maybe if I had to say what was too young, probably 18. I just don't think, I don't think it's the, um, I don't know. I don't think it's the appropriate age. I just don't see it. Like I, I know of couples who've gotten married under 24 and it seemed like they were just in the right 
space to do that and it made sense for them but I just can't see an 18 year old being like oh yeah this is this is the right age even though my grandmother got married at 18 I believe so it's like Mm -hmm. okay I'd agree with your answer Samaria well really the both of you your first answer Samantha I'd say under 24 and I don't even know if I would include teenagers in the conversation of marriage, like 18, 19. If you have a teen anywhere in there, we're not talking about you. Right. <laughs> because you're still a teenager, even though you're an adult in my mind. Yes, you're an adult, but you're a teenager. So I would say between the ages of 20 and 24 would be, or under 25 would be early, according to society standards within the last decade. Yeah. And I think I kind of like the shift to being older just because I don't like when I hear of marriages from back in the day, although they did stay together, it just seemed like um, there was a lot of enduring harmful like behaviors. And I am not a huge fan of that. So I, for one, am grateful that we're moving towards later ages where people, you know, maybe are more developed. Age, age definitely does not, um, isn't a telltale sign of maturity by any means, but I would hope (laughs) that older people um, would have more sense when it comes to a marriage and how to make it work and the importance of it than someone who's like 18 to 22 or something. Hmm. (laughs) like there was more to that I don't know (laughs) I I guess I don't know I think I I, I struggle with age as the I struggle with any age right because I think marriage is such a subjective thing and having been around a lot of like married couples who are older than me like or who may have gotten married at older ages I see some of the same challenges that I see in younger couples and it's almost like like in our culture what's the saying what does the wisdom of Solomon have to do with the age of uh, what's what's the guy's name the oldest guy yeah Methuselah and I think that's that's the key you know it's not it's not about the person's age, it's about the person's maturity. And that's where the focus should be. So I struggle with putting an age that's either too young or whatever without knowing the maturity of the person there. So for example, there are certainly 18 year olds who who have lived lives I can never even touch in terms of experiences, right? And that has matured them in ways that are different. For example, I wasn't your typical 18 year old having, you know, like survive wars and just, so I, I struggle with the number. I really do um, struggle with that. Okay. So that kind of leads to this next question. So uh, Wendy Williams, who is a talk show host, um, radio host, mogul, or I don't know what her title would be, but uh, she did an interview a few years ago and her advice to young women was dedicate your 20s to your career and don't even consider marriage until your 30s. So just based on some of the things that we've already said, do you guys agree or disagree with this advice and why or why not? And Samantha, since you're, I guess we can start with you. Sure. So again, I disagree with it for for several reasons. One is that maturity piece. That's the first one, right? And I think everybody matures differently. 
And so it's not a number thing that takes you there, right? Um, and, and we all know this. We all know that 18-year-old girls are on a different level than most 18-year-old boys, right? So like the number, just even within the, the sexes, if you're looking at a heterosexual relationship, they're not the same. The other thing that I, I don't like about that is I think the one that's a huge burden she's putting on people to figure out their career in those in the 20s. And I, I know I got married early 20s and I like I left from healthcare to banking to law within the 20s, just within that decade. <laughs> okay. And I only had one husband during that time, but I had like three paths of career that I were on I was on at different points within the 20s. So I think that assuming anybody's good, I mean, some people are just brilliantly like, you know, they know what they want and they go after it. You know, I wasn't that person. Um, and so you have to be careful with that. Like, are you going to really have it figured out by then that now you can bring someone in? And then I think also we, you know, we're creating habits when you decide to get married or you decide to pick a career, there's a level of like priority you give that that's not going to end because you decide to get married. <laughs> right. Um, and I know I struggled as a young uh, person juggling career and, um, and marriage. And I still struggle with that 16 years into a marriage, juggling career and marriage and now children. So I just think it's a myopic approach to things where it's like, we're going to do an either or, but then what happens when it's both and like, have you prepared for that? Or are you going to give up your career to be married now? Like, like what changes with, within the, the 10 years that she's recommending? So that's some of my thoughts on that. Okay. That, that makes sense. We'll come back to a lot of that, but also like Miyosha, what are your thoughts on that? Agree, disagree, and why? Yeah. So I'd say that I agree with Samantha, a lot of what she said. Um, I'd say overall, I don't agree with that advice. The perspective I take is, it just depends on what you want for your life. Like if you know that you're the type of person where you want a large family, however many kids that's gonna be for you, or you've already met that person that you feel like, hey, I'm gonna be with them for the rest of my life, then I don't know if waiting five to 10 more years or whatever that time period is, that that's going to be the key to making it work. And while I do know that like medical technology and science has advanced us, I just don't know that, especially if you're a woman who you want to be married before you have children, if you want a large family, I think that the timing that you get married is important. I also think that a decade is a long period of time. So giving advice to a 20 or 21 year old is completely different to someone who's 27, 28, going into 30. I just don't think that that same advice would apply. I'd piggyback off of what Samantha said in that a lot of those same challenges may still be there. Those career questions or whatever it is that you want to do, I don't know that they just go away just because you hit this magical age of 30, you may still be trying to figure it out or you just may get to 33 and have a shift. It may be important to talk about maybe who the person that you're with, that they're flexible during those different shifts and maybe not so much a specific age. What about you, Samaria? So I, um, I don't completely disagree <laughs> with her. I think you guys have made excellent points and I agree with some of your points. I think while it's not necessary to say, oh, I'm not getting married in my 20s, right? 
it seems like she was saying shut it off like as an option period I don't think I would go that far but I think some of what she said has value uh in the sense that and maybe she could have phrased it better but in the sense that maybe don't make marriage your focus so much do the things that will ultimately make you successful so if it is a marriage great but for a lot of young women like a lot of young women aren't getting married at 22 23 these days right so i think if you come out of college and the next thing on your mind is oh i have to get a husband i have to get married i have to settle down i have to do this i think that could um be less beneficial than okay i have me right now so I need to focus on how to live the best life for myself. And should a partner come along, don't be closed off to it. But, you know, don't make that so much your focus that you're in a predicament where, you know, you haven't accomplished anything by yourself or for yourself. So, yeah, I, I think maybe she should have phrased it differently. Also, Wendy Williams and her advice um, is based on Wendy Williams and the life that she mm-hmm. lived. So for example, when she um, said about Tabitha Brown, Samantha, I don't know if you are familiar (laughs) with the internet people, but um, Tabitha Brown (laughs) is this person who, um, she's vegan and she kind of blew up in the last year, like during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And um, one of her goals was to retire her husband. He was a police officer. And when they moved to LA, her goal was to become an actress. And she was like, give me five years. And it didn't happen in five years. So he took it upon himself. He said, listen, I'm going to join the police force. We get good benefits, all of this stuff. So one of her goals was to retire him. And now she's able to do that. And so Wendy Williams was pretty much saying, oh, I've, I've seen that before. I've done that before where they're like, oh, you can work and make most of the money and I'll you know focus on whatever my passions were. It didn't work for Wendy Williams. And I think her situation was vastly different. But um, so she kind of projected that onto Tabitha Brown. So that's why when it comes to Wendy Williams, I do think take her advice with a grain of salt because she's basing it off of her life. But I did see some value, some little nuggets in what she yeah. what she said about the marriage. I, I will say also that I think Wendy Williams did date her husband for five to seven years before they got married. And I also think her husband is younger than her, I think by a decent amount of years. So Like you said, it is her own specific experience that she's giving this advice off of. I do wonder if she would feel differently if she had met, which is now her ex-husband, but if she would have met him later on. Mm -hmm. And then also if he was older than her, if they were closer in age, if that would have affected when they decided to get married. Because it was my understanding that he was still maybe in his 20s and she was maybe like 35 or 37 when they eventually got married. I, I'm just going off the top of my head, but I think that could potentially affect the advice that she's giving to young women to follow. Right. And I think if, if Wendy is saying, so let's let's to put it in the best light, because I used, I mean, when I was younger, I followed Wendy. I don't as much anymore, but I used to love Wendy when I was a kid, in, like, you know, in Philadelphia in my 20s. Um, and I think what I will say is if Wendy's saying find you in your 20s, I'll say, Wendy, you're right. But I'll also say you can find you in marriage too. 
Um, if Wendy say, obviously, three careers later, the same marriage, I found me a lot of different times in that and still will be finding me a lot of different times in that because I'm evolving and he's evolving. Um, so if she's saying find you, I think that's a point. I genuinely do believe now that I'm, you know, to the end of my 30s that as ladies, like for us, the 30s are our season where we are like, you know, take it or leave it. Um, and so I think I see where she's coming from, where she's kind of like, you're more confident in yourself as a woman. And so at this point, you probably can make more decisions that really are for you and not society that's pressuring you to get married. You know, then there's validity in what she's saying. But again, like I said, I think it's, it's all about you looking at it from a position of what is the maturity, right? And, and, and I'm sure we'll probably discuss this further, but more importantly, what exactly are you even looking for, right? Because I, I, I struggle with some of the, the guidance out here about marriage, especially as it relates to people marrying early, where it's almost like you haven't tried enough stuff to know yet. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty logical. And, and two things, one is like, when I go to buy jeans, I know I'm going to the store to buy jeans. I know what I'm looking for in those pair of jeans. It has to, you know, fit my waist as close as possible, my hips as best as possible, you know, and make me look a certain way. When I find the pair of jeans that matches, I'm not trying on 10 more because I hate shopping. Like I pick the jeans that, that, that met those criteria and I run out of that store as fast as possible. Right. And I think, if we know what we're looking for in spouses, other than I'm just looking for, you know, someone to marry, it really positions us to be in a place of saying, I found it or I haven't. And, and it doesn't matter what age you are to be able to say, I found it or I haven't. Right. And, and I think for me, my parents who in maybe in some ways were biased because they married early, but not as, not as early as I did actually, conveniently enough, we would talk, we talked about that stuff. When I was 15, I remember we had some assignment and I came with my list of five things I was looking for in a spouse and they had to tell me their five things they were looking for in a spouse for me. And we were off by one. Like it was like, we were on the same page at 15, at 15, I knew what I was wow. looking for in a mate. And, and it made enough sense that my parents agreed with it, <laughs> which at 15, there are very few things your parents and you will agree on. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so when I found that early, I wasn't going to let it go because I wanted to try on 50 other pairs of jeans. Like I had found my jeans that met the mark and I was going to walk out of that store and call it a day, you know? So I think we have to put all of those in balance when we're hearing guidance that Wendy's giving, you know, like what, and, and what other people are giving and thinking about being married young. So Samantha, you talked about when you were 15 and how you already had your list. So this kind of leads us into our next question of, were you the young girl that dreamed about getting married early in life? So it sounds like you knew what you wanted, but were you the, the young woman who dreamed about getting married early? Or if you even knew what that meant? I, I did not. Like, I think, you know, like as a, as a girl, I probably dreamt more about my wedding dress than I dreamt about like the age I would get married. <laughs> yes, right? because the dress yeah. is important. It's, it's, it's the look. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think, of, so I think in my mind, I had that, but I never really had that idea because I wanted to be a doctor. And I, I, I knew that I didn't want a, a marriage to interfere with that. So like in, in my mind of all minds, being a doctor was more important than being married. So I didn't expect to marry early. I expected to marry. I wanted to grow with the person. I, I wanted to find someone along the journey before I got there kind of thing. But I certainly never in a million years, like imagine I would. And then when I found the person that was my right fit, I knew I wanted to do it and I didn't want to wait. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it goes both ways. Now we, you know, 
I probably would have gotten a lot married a lot earlier. We could have afforded it, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we had to save money and get our stuff together and get our life in order so that we had a good chance of a, of a marriage that would make it. And so, yeah, but no, no, absolutely not. I didn't see it. I didn't plan this. I didn't expect this. Interesting. Okay. Miyoshi, since you asked, I want to know what your answer is. Were you that young girl who was like, I want to be married as soon as possible? That <laughs> <laughs> as soon as possible. No, like Samantha said, there were things that I had in my head that I knew that I wanted to accomplish before I got married. And it's not so much that I thought, that marriage would interfere with these things in such a great way. I just had it in my mind that I want to do these things. So marriage, future partnership just wasn't anywhere on the list in terms of priority. Um, But I also think that my way of thinking is I don't think I had met anyone at that point in time as a young, as a young girl or young woman, definitely not before college where I was thinking, Oh, I could potentially spend the rest of my life with this person. Mm -hmm. And then as I did get older, I would say in my last few years of college, even throughout dating, I still kind of had it in my head like, okay, like dating's cool, but I still want to get these things done. But at that point, I hadn't met a person who I guess I'd be like even entertaining like, oh, yeah, I would spend the rest of my life with this person. I also think for me, my perception of age has changed over time. So when I was 16, a person who was 25, <laughs> that just seemed so old. I'm not saying that 25-year-olds 25, 25 are old. I'm saying when you're 16, it sounds old. And then when I got to 23, you know, someone who was 30, same thing. So when I got to these different points in my life, especially when it came to relationships or marriage, I just wasn't thinking like, oh, I need to do it by X amount of time because the closer that I got to those ages, it just didn't seem like, oh, it has to be done by that age. Mm-hmm. One, because I'm so close to it. And then it just kind of so happened to work out to where the person that I did go on to marry, I met them at an early age, but I don't think that we got married at that time frame of what society would deem to be an early age. I wasn't thinking like, oh yeah, this is, I ha- it has to be done by X age. Definitely not before 25. Hmm. So I think uh, growing up, the women in my family, obviously my sister got married early and I felt like my mom got married early too. Um, so I always thought, oh, well, this is like marriage age. So it wasn't anything where I felt like, oh, I have to do it by this age. I didn't feel that type of pressure. But I do think growing up in the back of my mind, it was like, oh, this is the age that women get married because that's the age that women in my family got married. And it's interesting. uh, (laughs) I saw this meme that said, let's uh, let's take a second to laugh at everybody who thought they would be married by 23 or 24, some some number they had on there. And, um, you know, I, I kind of thought, oh, that's like around marriage age. But when I got to those ages, I was like, that's not what I want right now. Like that would kind of um, suck right now for me in the path that I feel like I'm going on. And so it, it did not make sense for me to be getting married at that age that, you know, the women in my family got married at. As far as you guys talking about, oh, this could interfere with things that are 
going on like career goals or whatever. I think I, I still feel a little bit of that even today. So I would want to be at a certain stage in my PhD before I'm like, oh yeah, this, I need to settle down and like get married, you know? So um, yeah, anyway, I wasn't holding out hope for getting married young, but it was something that I had in my mind for sure, just because of the people who came before me. Now, I, I do have to ask Samaria because this is something that Samantha and I have both touched on. Uh-huh. Do you think that if you met that person, like Samantha was so lucky and blessed to have met her person, <laughs> do you think that that would have changed your perception? Because I can only speak from my experience. Obviously, you and I were friends at the time when I met my spouse. Like marriage wasn't something that you and I talked about a lot, if at all. As the relationship progressed, it was like, oh yeah, like this is a person I could see myself being with for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. but it necessarily wasn't the goal going into it. It just worked out that way in that I met my person. Mm -hmm. Do you think if you would have met your person at, we'll just say a random age, 24, that you would have felt differently? Which is kind of a trick question because (laughs) it's asking you to reflect back on your past and an existence that didn't come to be. So I don't even know if this is a good question or not, but I... I'm just curious. Yeah, I, um, it probably would have, it probably would have like, changed. Um, but I think it's a good thing that it didn't just because, so when I was 24, I was finishing my master's and going into my master's, I thought, oh, this is my last degree. But as I was in there, it became clear to me, like, no, there's like more work to be done. And so if that person would have come at that time and like even slightly derailed the plans that I'm living now, I don't think I would have felt as fulfilled. Uh, but yeah, it, it probably would have changed, changed some things. It would have made my life a little bit more difficult because I think I would have had one more thing to balance. So I think it would have made it difficult, but I, I do think it would have changed the path because I wasn't going to be the person who's like, okay, even though I met you at the end of my master's, let me um, not get married to you until I'm done with my PhD. That just doesn't, to me, make sense to do, um, mm-hmm. especially if financially you're in a position where you can move forward with a wedding and things like that. So yeah, uh, it would have changed my life. Derailed. That's the word I want to use. It would have derailed my life. <laughs> Thank God it didn't happen. We don't need her life to rail. Like, okay. The thing I want to touch on, which is kind of like, it's funny too, because I think it's a societal myth and, and we all bought into it. I think we all probably still buy into it to some extent, which is that finding the right person will interfere with your life or your plan. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny because when I met my spouse, that was how I knew he was the one. That was one of the ways, like, you know, he had the characteristic traits that we were looking for, but being so focused on, I, you know, I'm going here. So if you join in this party, we're, we're going here. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, and so that forced me to find someone who wouldn't interfere with my progress. And when I found someone who was, con- who was considerate and invested in my success, I'm like, this is it, right? If, if, if mm-hmm. I'm here and you're invested in this, understanding the risk of the investment in it, right? Like, you could put a lot in me and I could be out. Like you could understand, you know, and, and it's amazing because my husband was that way to me when we, you know, met in college. And then fast forward all those years later, when I decided I'm quitting my job as a banker and going to law school, guess who was there still? It didn't interfere with my progress, right? And so I think it's funny because it's interesting that we see so many people do that, whether they're women or male, 
interfering with their partner's progress, that we just accept that as it's going to be the norm. But to the contrary, like you can find the right person who won't interfere. Now, does that mean there won't be compromises? No, that doesn't mean you get to be like anything I want. No, you're, you're married now. You know, it's not just like you're, you're single and flying solo, but you can find the right person who's not going to sabotage your career and your life just because you want to excel. And, you know, it's unfortunate that not as many of those people perhaps that we see, so we buy into the myth, but mm -hmm. It's just very interesting that that's still a permanent and strong thing. And it's in marriages too, where people are afraid to make decisions and choices because they're so, you know, tied down to this person who may be less open to it or who will interfere with their growth and their progress and their changes they have to make. So just wanted to point that out because we all said it, like all three of us said it. We said something about that and it's crazy. Yeah. And it's so true because as you said earlier, those that interference or whatever it may be, you know, or those behaviors that people present when they're younger, like though that attitude and energy will probably still be there 10 years in, 20 years in, 40 years in, if they have, if that's just the dynamic that's there, just because a decade has passed, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go away. Oh, so I do see that. And I think you, Samantha, have made very valid points. I think when I say derail, <laughs> I'm thinking about... Um, she put so much emphasis on the emphasis derail. on the, on the <laughs> like, We were like, they're going to interfere. She's like, they're going to derail my life. Like, please, derail. Nobody can pass. <laughs> <laughs> so okay I I think like you said there there will be compromises and so when I say derail I think I mean I wouldn't otherwise have to deal with those types of compromises yes there will be other compromises but I wouldn't have to deal with those types of compromises I remember when I started my master's program there was a young lady who started with us and uh, I think she had either just got married or maybe it had been a couple of years they got married really young as well but in our first year, she found out that she was about to have a baby. And um, that kind of like changed the course of her master's program because I think she was going part-time for some time because she had to work a full-time job. And, you know, we finished in what, 2017. And I think she finished within the last year. And so those are the types of changes. Of course, she still got it done because she does, it seems from the outside looking in that she has a great great spouse who wasn't trying to interfere with that goal. It's just that you have to make certain decisions for the benefit of your family. If you don't have a family, you only have to make you know, decisions for the benefit of yourself. So just to clarify. <laughs> and, and knowing Samaria, I, I mean, you know, obviously she's my sister. I think she had a lot happening in her life, like mm -hmm. that she you know, like forget marriage, like she had a lot of family obligations and things happening in her life at that 24 golden age that, you know, I would argue that just was not the time for her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, and I think we have to be open and honest about that. I think also I will, I want to say this because I think whenever people talk about marriage, a lot of people talk about marriage and then like, you know, children, I got married, not wanting kids. So I think my position would be different. Um, and I, I, I feel for your friend because, you know, marriage is one thing. Children is a whole new level. Like, so everything I'm saying here about marriage, if it was children, just flip the switch. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, 
there's some derailing things that will happen when you choose, you know, mommy dumb. And, and, and so that's different. But I think when it's marriage without, without the elements of children, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite different. It's, it really is um, a quite different thing. I, I think it yeah. haven't been on both sides, haven't been on both sides. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the children piece because I can, I can admit that I can see the difference in people's perception of marriage. And I guess maybe the feedback when a couple is young or early to be married and they don't have children versus when they do have children. I think it's important not to lump those into the same bucket. Uh, the experiences that I've heard is just that it is very different. Um, in a previous episode, which was the getting married late, if you haven't checked that out, by the way, that should be the next thing you listen to after this one. <laughs> but uh, we talked about the stigmas that come with getting married later in life. So like your late 30s or your 40s. Do you think there are like any stigmas for people who get married really young? And if so, like what are those? So I think there are many stigmas with um, with getting married young. You know, it, it just it just is like, you, you know, people think you don't know what you want. Um, you don't know yourself enough to know what you want, which can be a valid point, right? Um, but I don't, I don't know if you ever really know yourself because yourself's always changing. So <laughs> you may know yourself in this moment, but you don't necessarily know yourself in other moments to come. So I think people think about, okay, is this going to work? Like I know people flat out said to me, my was not going to work. My marriage is not going to work. Um, and age and maturity are key, right? Like who are you marrying? Is that person mature? Um, who are you getting married? Are you mature? <laughs> because if you're not, I don't care what age you are, it's going to be something that's going to be hard to work or it's going to work in a dysfunctional way. The other thing too that I, I struggle with that people often talk about is like, have you played the field enough? And I think I covered it with the jeans analogy, right? Yeah, there may be 50 other pair of jeans that could fit me the same way that one did. I'm just not in the business of searching after I found what I'm looking for. And, and then the other one is just the limiting of career options. I think it really depends on who you marry. Um, you know, if you marry someone who's a jerk, you can't expect them to, un, you know, to be not a jerk when it comes to your career, right? And as far as if it confines you, if marriage, like that's another limit they have, they're like, it's going to confine you. You're not going to be able to do all the things you want to do and, and all of this stuff. And I think it just depends on what's your identity that you're choosing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think if, if, if you choose, like I'm married and I'm a wife, like I, you know, like I know a lot of people who love their missus, you know, like don't ever call me Mrs. Like just, it's Samantha. Like, you know, and they're like, if, if you call me anything but Mrs. now that I'm married, like it's going to be a fight. Like slow down. Like what exactly is your identity? If this marriage is your identity, that will confine you because that means automatically your girlfriends, your single friends, your, you know, whatever. Like we got married so young, all our friends were single friends. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, they were my ride or die chicks and saved me from my marriage and myself being crazy over the years. But if you confine yourself to that or you confine yourself to this is my family now and there's no other family, it's going to be limiting, right? But you can be married young and still have relationships around you. You still can be married young and have an identity that is beyond being someone's wife or husband. Um, you, you know, and, and that's the key to me. But those are the things that those are the stigmas that often come with being married young. And some of them may be valid for certain people. But the reality is, I think it most likely comes down to maturity, maturity enough to know there's more to you than a ring you wear or someone's last name you choose to take or not take, you know? 
So that's, that's how I look at it. Okay. Yeah. I, I love what you said about, it's all about the maturity and who's in it. I think a lot of people, unfortunately, whether they're married or not, they can sometimes project their ideas of what they think marriage is onto people from what they've seen from their own experiences or people around them. But obviously, like you can't know everyone in every situation. And I love that you use the word confine because it's almost like people think that you walk down the aisle and like a light bulb or like a switch goes off and like you're just this completely different new person and everything is just so different because I'm a missus now. But I think it's about mindset and whatever it is that you and your spouse choose for it to be. And if you run into a person where you feel like you are going to be confined, if that's not what you want for your life, then you probably shouldn't proceed with getting married to them. Because that feeling of confinement, if it's there, it may not show up in one issue right now, but it could show up potentially later in the future. It's so funny that (laughs) we're having this podcast episode today because just yesterday I was watching a YouTube video so one of the YouTubers I follow just got engaged and she made a video just talking just answering some questions that people had and of course one of them was are you going to change your last name and so as I always do I was reading the comments and I read across this one comment and there's this lady who was saying oh we just celebrated our fifth anniversary the other day. And she goes, I pulled it up just because I wanted to get it verbatim. (laughs) But she goes, in my opinion, when I married him, I already knew I would drop my maiden name. The name represented the old me. I believe when you as a woman marry a man, take his full last name, you're becoming one with that man. And she goes on to say, please don't listen to these um, comments that discourage you because a lot of these people who are talking don't have a ring. I was just like whoa and the comment that I didn't like in that was her saying oh that name represents the old me and I thought like it's you're not you don't become a whole new human being just because you found a lifetime partner you know and so that slightly bothered me also her her tone about a lot of these people with opinions don't have a ring I was like she's I, I think it's like, I don't know, some people just want like black or white. Like, yes, things are going to change. Things are going to be different, but you're not being rebirthed. Like, <laughs> right, like, right. You're, you weren't in a cocoon and now you're like a butterfly now. Like you, yeah. you're still going to be you. Your life is going to change in a good way, hopefully. Um, and I think it's just, Hey, like we can all have our own thoughts and opinions, but there's no need to project the fact that you feel like holding on to your maiden name is whatever you think it is. And if a woman chooses to do that, that that means whatever about her. It is. It's so crazy because I think that's a decision both, you know, both spouses will have to decide on and decide what's comfortable for them. But it's so funny because like, you know, I would joke with my husband often. 
I, I did take my husband's last name. And my joke was always like, you know, I'm like, if this don't work out and we have to walk away, I've made this name. I'm keeping it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Tina yeah. Turner did that. Twenties are tied to this. Like, you don't, you don't get this name back. Like, you okay. know, we don't create this like fiction. So I, I, you know, I get where people are coming from, but you, you know, it's two becoming one. If you're looking at it from the, I guess the Judeo Christian side of it or the Christian side of it. And you gotta be a whole that comes into this, like, you know, to make up this half. And so what, what happens with that whole, you just like eliminate it all of a sudden because you're a new creature. I don't know. Like, how does that really make sense? Like many ways to be one with someone that doesn't have anything to do with their names, but Hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that absolutely tickled me. I was like, you cannot make this stuff up, but um... <laughs> yeah, I, I have heard a lot of those same, I guess, stereotypes about people who do choose to get married young. Um, definitely the you're not mature enough. Uh, the one that I've heard most often is kind of the buyer's remorse, where you think this is what you really, really want, but you don't know until you get home and really look under their hood because you're so young, you don't know the things to look for. You don't know yourself enough. And unfortunately, the people that I've heard that have this mindset, they always cite people who maybe got married young, maybe say 20, early 20s, and then by early 30s, they're divorced. But I don't think they take into account that, hey, when you look at people who get married in their 30s or mid 30s, they also get divorced <laughs> as well. Like the divorce rate is high across the board, period. Now, that's not to say that we're trying to negate, um, you know, very real concerns about very, very young people getting married. But I think just to make blanketed statements about just young people in general, I think it's just a lot of projection and um, it's just, they, they cite the evidence that kind of makes their argument work, mm -hmm. but then don't think about the people who are older who also go through divorce as well. Yeah. And that's a very good point. I, I do want to make just one comment on it. And, you know, we're going to be real because we're talking about marriage and there's no such topic. I think that people think about more than marriage. And, and <laughs> the reality is, I don't care when you get married, you have buyer's remorse because someday you'll realize that this person you married is not the person you married, you know, like, and it can be about the dumbest things like let alone like serious things it can really like I joke with my husband now and I'm like you're on your second wife right because like when we first got married I was anally obsessed with everything being perfect and clean and just now I'm like he's like can you move like five pairs of your shoes from the door like just leave two there you know what I mean like it's like I'm like it's the second wife it's the second wife chill and it's it, it's you, you're gonna have buyers remorse they're gonna be stupid mm -hmm. things that come up where you're like is this really what I signed up for but that's called life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So anybody who marries and is like in touch with reality will at some point come to this moment of, you're not who I married or yeah. this isn't who I thought I married or something. And so that that's just crazy to me that people make it seem like only young kids will have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you allow for any amount of time to pass, whether it's a decade between 20 and 30 or 30 and 40 or 40 and 50, we're both going to evolve as people where we may not act the same, look the same, but hopefully the core values that we had when we started is something that's connecting us throughout this whole journey. So nice. Well, ladies, we, we've talked about kind of the stigmas. What, what do you guys think are the benefits of getting married young? Let's get some positivity going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I think there are 
a lot of benefits with getting married young. Um, and But I'm biased, so I'll say that because I got married young. So it's kind of like, you know, how you said you look for your, you look for the people to prove your argument, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think for, for me, it was um, just the ability. I was more easily molded. Like, you know, I'm naturally very much a control freak. And even when we got married, I was very much that. And, and which led to a lot of issues in our marriage. And I just think like having more of a long um, runway to continue in that, that path would probably have been a roadblock for me and, and, and being a wife to anybody. Um, so it was, but I, at that point was in such a, like um, a flexible stage. I was still defining who I wanted to be. So it was easier for me to be molded into what my husband wanted me to be and easier for me to mold him into what I needed him to be because we're young enough to not take ourselves too seriously. There was no ego about, you know, what we wanted to create in our marriage. It was about how are we going to get there? And so I think that's one of the greatest advantages. I also think like, and it's stupid to say, because obviously women have different, um, but like males, their sex drive is like prominent in their twenties. <laughs> so you get to enjoy that as a, as a young wife, um, yeah. you know, and they'll get to enjoy you in your thirties when you're, you know, like sex drive <laughs> is better in there. So there's, I think there's that element of it too. That's beautiful. And, and whatever, like right now who I am, you kind of can't separate what my husband's investment in me is versus what my investment in myself is anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. there's a comfort I feel with that because it's like, if I were to ever lose him for any reason, I would struggle to find myself because, and that could be a reason for not to get to get married young, but maybe anybody who gets married feels this way. Like every dream I've had, he's invested in and pushed me to go for it. You know what I mean? And uh -huh. so like, there have been times when like some of the things that I, I really have been good at, but I haven't seen it in myself as good at, you know, like I haven't seen myself as good. And he's, he's like not stop convincing me of how good I was at those things. And so then when they lead to success for me, it's like, I wouldn't be here without you. Cause literally I really couldn't be there without him. And so I, I, I love that piece of it. Like I can never say I'm self-made mm -hmm. um, because I know ain't the truth. Like, and none of us are, but I think if I was at this stage meeting a, a, a husband now, I think he'll be hard pressed to convince me I'm not self-made, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's that's my that's those are the three things I think are benefits of getting married young. So Maria, what do you think are some benefits of getting married young? Okay, so I I think one of them, uh, and I'm gonna go with this one because I didn't hear Samantha say it, but it's less time in these streets. So uh, I think <laughs> I think. <laughs> dating scenes and movies sometimes lead people to think oh dating is just this like wonderful time you know you can be with this guy today and then this guy tonight or whatever but I think for certain people maybe that's great for others it's not so great it's like okay I don't want to be with a lot like I don't want to meet a lot of people I don't want to have the same types of conversations with different people there's this meme online where it's like I'm so tired of telling people what my favorite color is, you know? So it's like, I think there's a value in um, getting married younger or finding your person younger, I should say, because you spend less time like going through the motions with multiple people. And I think there's a type of stability that comes with that, you know? Like, I don't have to worry about, oh, 
I'm going on this date. Is this person going to like me? Or am I even going to like them? Are they going to think this is weird about me? Because you already have that stability. You already have that person who's like, yeah, you're a little bit quirky, you know, quirky, but you know, I, I can dig it, you know? So uh, I think just less time in the dating game for some people, probably most people is, is a benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I can't say the last time where I've heard a woman, and I'm not even going to say the last three, four years, I refer back to even when I was in my mid late twenties, who just had raving reviews about how much they love dating. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they all had horrendous dating stories. I just didn't hear any women who just seemed genuinely enthusiastic about being out here in these streets and dating. Yeah. So it's it's just stability is a is an attractive um, thing, I think. And that that could come with finding your mate younger. And now that's not to you know downplay like you can have fun on these. It's like there are mm-hmm. probably activities that you would have never thought to, you know, go on or do yourself that a date might introduce you to. So I think there are good things out there, um, especially for, you know, those people who don't get married early, but, you know, I, I think less time. There's this saying now where it's like, oh, there's pee in the dating pool. And so I think like, <laughs> considering that finding your person younger is, is a huge benefit. But again, I don't say that to pressure anybody to rush into anything because I think um, finding the wrong person young is a great detriment to you and probably anyone who loves you so yeah. young old or in between yeah very <laughs> detrimental. a derailing detriment finding the wrong person. <laughs> you should name this episode derailed that's that <laughs> so i'd agree with everything that you and samantha said and i'd add that getting married young expands your family and your like network and support system. And obviously, you know, you have your childhood family, your immediate family, brothers, sisters, parents, but when you get married, you now have an extended family. And so hopefully with that union, you're able to grow the amount of people who support you and want to see you succeed or are even there to help you throughout life's journey. You just kind of hopefully double your family. And Obviously, there's a lot of positive that positives that come along with that. So, Samantha, I'm just going to turn it over to you uh, because you're here so that we can soak up all your knowledge. <laughs> um, so I would love to hear what are some challenges maybe that you personally face as a result of getting married really young? So funny, you're soaking up knowledge. I think I never talk about marriage. Like I, I, I never, this is like the first time, like I'll like one-on-one, I'll talk to my friends, but I always have said that I don't feel like I've been married long enough at 16 years to really know enough to tell anybody about marriage. Cause I think it's just a, it's a game that keeps going. And the more experience you have, the more, you know, but even that, there's so much that can change. But I do know like some of the challenges that I, I kind of have had to grow through um, as, as someone's wife. And one of the biggest ones, I think when we first got married was balancing career and, 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 and marriage. And I remember, you know, when you, when you grow up in school and school is sort of like, you're a good student, right? It's an identity you have. You really have this identity of being like a go-getter, someone who excels, someone who's smart, whatever the, you know, like the surrounding is. And that was, that was my identity for a long time, like this person who excels. And so when I got married and I got a job, the job became my identity. 
I was a banker and that was who I was. Like, so I, and I, I justified and rationalized a lot of the things I wasn't doing with my husband or for my husband in the sense that I was saying, you know, I'm doing this for us. Like when I excel, you excel, but it was really like, I'm doing this for me because I want the feeling of like this great student. I want the feeling of she's not failing. Right. And so I'm investing shared time into this pursuit. That's very much my pursuit, but in my mind, I'm making it seem like this is our pursuit. Right. And I think it took a while for me to really understand that between like just culturally, between what the culture said I had to be as a wife and then balancing that with like, you know, there were days I went to work and work for over 10 hour days. Right. And so, and then I would bring work home. <laughs> so, and you like, you're like, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do for the next promotion. This is what I have to do for the next thing. And then I was in management. So then you're managing people, you're dealing with customers as in retail banking. So you deal with, so you're constantly like emotionally drained. Like in one day you can find the person who just got married, the person who just got divorced, the person who just lost their spouse. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, so there's mm -hmm. this whole spectrum of circumstances that you're constantly dealing with. And by the time I came home, I'm emotionally numbed, you know, trying to process everybody else's issues that I had taken on for the day and do the business of what my job was to do. And I forgot my husband existed because I felt like I, I took for granted his support as he'll understand. And I'm doing this for us was like the line that would keep, keep him in check, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it clicked like, no, you're not doing this for us. We had double income, no kids. We had mm -hmm. more than we needed. We had, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, no, you're doing this for you. And that's cool if you'll be honest enough to admit that and understand what else is getting left off the tape. Mm -hmm. So I really had to learn that until this day. Like every time, there's, every time I take a new job, I, I, I think to myself, like, how is this going to affect my family? Like, mm -hmm. am I, do I still remember the pain I caused him? with this path? Am I, am I going to repeat it? Like I, I'm constantly aware of like the choices and what I have to make. And I'm fortunate. My husband's not like, whereas our culture was saying to me, you have to be that wife who comes in and you cook and you clean and everything's perfect. My husband was like, I didn't even marry you to cook. So it was like, he was saying to me, if you're going to do everything you're doing, you need to give up some of these cultural expectations that aren't even mine. And I was just like, no, but I have to be a great wife. So I'll work, you know, I'll work here for like, you know, 11 hour days and I'll come and make sure every dish in the sink is perfectly clean. And I'll make <laughs> sure you have food and I'll make sure you, because that's what good wives do. It's like, it's like, look, I just want like sex. Like, I don't, I don't need all that. I don't, and you had to learn like where, who's, who's need in my ear to meet? Because the people who I'm, you know, playing to by having all this, you know, like rear food cooking the house, de-eating it and they don't know I'm cooking it. <laughs> like, and they don't yeah. know what the burden of cooking it is meaning or costing us, you know? So I think those are just two examples of things I really had to learn as a young wife that my role was to love my husband in the way he needed to be loved. And that while he was kind and gracious enough for me to, you know, go my path and find my fulfillment there, I was never right for like treating him as a doormat to that because I, I took his support for granted and just like ignored him um, to get to the next level. And so that's, that's, and that's one of the points that when I mentioned to you guys about, I don't care when you get married, that's a factor for those of us who are extremely ambitious and driven. It's a big factor. It's a, and, mm -hmm. and now that we have children, you know, there are things my husband would tolerate that my children won't, you know what I mean? And so it, it, it takes that to a whole new level. And I, I often like have a lot of empathy and respect 
for people who got married, had children, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, because for us, that wasn't our story. We were married for five and a half years before we had a child. So, but I know the, I know the give and take. I know the pull of wanting to, to excel and, you know, being cautious not to one day look back and have excelled and left everybody behind, you know? (laughs) I love that you said that. I have a friend, I'm not going to say her name, but we just talked about this the other day. Um, when we're doing our mess, I feel like I'm talking about this program a lot, but um, she actually got married during our first year. And I remember um, we had this class at one o'clock. We all had it together. And she was like, hey, can you give me the notes on, on Thursday or whatever day the class was? She said, uh, I'm not going to be here because um, I think my husband is starting to feel a little bit left out because like she's pursuing this you know, degree and she hasn't been spending a lot of time with him. And I told her this the other day, I was like, well, you said that, I was like, is she crazy? Like we have school, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Your husband <laughs> will be all right. <laughs> but I remember just like experiencing that reaction and then thinking, hmm, that's interesting. And she said the other day, she said, yeah, because when I have this degree, but I have a husband who's like not happy, who hasn't, you know, felt like I've been there for him. Like I'm worse off than I was when I didn't have this degree, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, young Samaria was like, this girl is crazy. But then I realized, oh, priorities shift, you know, and she can get mm-hmm. the notes from you, girl. Like she doesn't have to be here. Yeah. And even if it, even if it's not, schooling or a particular program or work like there will always be things that are demanding of our time and sometimes it can even be your own kids where <laughs> amen girl amen <laughs> be your, be your own kids <laughs> obviously you know they're only small for a period of time but whatever those things are that are demanding of your time it can be tempting to not create certain healthy boundaries so that you can maintain those relationships and I, I love that you said that, especially when you mentioned the kids, you know, so my husband and I do, there's a program called Weekend to Remember. And so every couple of years we go and it's, it's, it's wonderful because it's, it's, it's Christian based. So, you know, but it, it's wonderful because we go to it and we spend a weekend and the first day we're like, this is what we're going to work on in our relationship. And then the second day we fight all day. And then the third day we're like, oh, I love you. You are the best thing, the best decision I could have ever made. Right. And, but one of the lessons I learned from Weekend to Remember that has always stayed with me was when we grow up we think of infidelity as just like you know you sleeping with someone and and they taught me that no infidelity is like you can be unfaithful with your spouse with your children you can be unfaithful with your spouse with your work Ooh, Samantha, you know lesson like you know what i mean you can be un- like there are many different ways you steal from someone emotionally <laughs> that doesn't have to be the physical act alone and so i think that's always a lesson that stays close to me because too often i think we don't realize that we're cheating, <laughs> you know, we just, we just don't, we, we, we feel mm-hmm. like, oh, this makes sense. It's not another man's arms I'm running to, but if, you know, if my identity is being a mom and being a mom only, and my children come before my husband, there's a jeopardy, there's a jeopardy there for them because there's a safety and a covering and an umbrella that the marriage brings them that if that gets jeopardized to where it's really, really bad, 
you know, I'm going to be paying for a lot of therapy for my babies because, you know, it just didn't work out as well as it could have been, you know, and we'll pay for therapy for them because they'll need it with a mom like me. But, you know, you want to make sure you understand that it's no longer just about you, especially when kids are in there. But this marriage working is really don't take abuse and craziness to, just to say, but don't do that to your children or yourself. But, you know, like the healthier this relationship is, the healthier model my kids get to see and they get to choose from. And, and, and that's, that's my reason for making sure I prioritize my marriage and don't have my kids interfere with that priority because I don't, I don't want them in more dysfunction than, than they need to have. So Samantha, what's some advice that you would give to other young wives? So, and it's funny to say this, so take it with a grain of salt because you know your situation and you're mature enough to know what works for you and what doesn't, right? And that's with all married, marital advice, right? I'm not in your marriage. So I can't speak to it, Um, but I can only speak to mine and the lessons I've learned from my marriage. And I think the one thing that I am really grateful for in our marriage is that we focus on being present in our marriage more than presenting our marriage to people. And, And I think that's been beautiful for us because that's forced us to do a lot of the work. You know, when me and my husband got married, we're both middle kids. We don't like conflict. Like neither of us are conflict. Like I like justice. Like I'll fight for what I think is right. You know what I mean? But I don't like just like fighting for fighting's sake. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he's more like, let's just, I'll just suck it up. I'll take everything. So we really had to learn to fight. We had to learn to like, not, you know, him not let everything go. And then like end up resenting me after he's held onto too much me being able to verbalize things that I felt needed to be done, but at the same time, understanding I can't control my husband. Um, and I think when you're working on a marriage like that, and it takes being present, it takes hearing hard truths about yourself. You don't want to hear. It takes giving hard truths to other people. They don't want to hear. You know, I'm not on social media putting us on black. <laughs> like, I'm just a little busy making this stuff work. <laughs> yeah. To be out there making people think it's easy. Um, and so focus on being present in your marriage more than presenting it to some people who could care less about your marriage, really, um, as something more or less than it is. Because at the end of the day, you know, no matter how you, you put your spouse out there, if you're miserable, you're going to be miserable. So I have, a, I had a two, usually I had, to, I think, a twice a year rule. Like I would say something nice to my husband on social media maybe twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. Because I don't want him to be a target for anybody. I don't want anyone to see him and think, oh, she's always saying he's so great. Well, look at what he did. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't believe in that. Like with people, he's going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. But we need to make sure that we're present on this. And this is more important than whatever we portray to the world. Because who knows what they're going to see. We can portray love and they'll be like, ooh, you saw how they look at each other? You know, too much effort. And this one is hard enough to focus on. So that's the first advice I'll give just because we're, we're in such a, you know, such a social media world that we have to be mindful of that. The other thing is, you know, a good marriage is like cleaning a, a clean house, right? It's wonderful to have, but it's hard to maintain. And I think too many times when we talk about buyer's remorse, too many times we'll come into marriage thinking I've married the perfect one. Um, and he's just perfect for me. And we're going to live happily ever after like Cinderella and everybody else. Eh, not quite. That's not how that game gets played, you know? It's it's gonna take maintenance. And to me, how much fulfillment you find in your marriage is gonna be directly correlated with how much work you put into it. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I, find that time to do whatever you need to do and make it be realistic, right? Like, so for example, like, you, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the bedroom. Like people like, you know, people are like, okay, you go and you buy the most expensive negligee ever and you make sure you have a lot of these most expensive negligees available for your like bedroom. Well, your husband may be like, the stripper body stockings are perfect. You know, like, so you're spending all this money, you don't even know what he's <laughs> looking for you know again you all about what do what would people think out there that's going to work mm -hmm. here and you're not even talking to the person you're doing it for and you don't know whether you're doing it the way they want so like really really these are the things that you need to pay attention to for maintaining a relationship and holding each other accountable is another piece of it right like if i leave my shoes at the door my husband holds me accountable for leaving too many shoes at the door right like if he does something that hurts me i need to hold him accountable for hurting me if i do something that hurts him he he needs to hold me. This is part of it. This is part of the like, we all coming in here, we all janitors and we gonna clean up our stuff because I can't make him clean his. He can't make me clean mine, but he's gonna show the mirror and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that one not becoming and make the changes I need to make to be a better person and a better wife. The last one is just um, watch the sacrifices you made. I think as a young wife, I was really focused on saving a lot of money, making sure we had a lot of money saved, making sure we had, for me, money meant security, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in many ways, money was the idol. And, and so my husband would be like, let's do this. And I'd be like, oh no, we don't have the money. Again, keep in mind, double income, no kids, two of us, great jobs. So, so we don't have the money that's alive <laughs> from hell, alive from hell every single time. But, you know, like that was just, my approach was let's just let's just keep you never know when bad days are going to come let's just keep and and i remember that there were times my husband would go and buy something and i would just be mad like i'm like we don't have it and we da, 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 da. and and he was just more like we do have it and we're not borrowing to get this like it makes no sense that you're taking this like this you know and i never got it and then one day he made me really mad he bought something for his car and i um i was like that's it i'm done i'm so mad right now and i went and got the most expensive phone i could buy <laughs> right and I thought he's going to be mad because I knew I would be mad. Right. And um, and, and I, he comes to me and I'm like, I bought me a phone today because you're always like using all of our money on dumb stuff. And and so I'm, I'm I bought this. He's like, oh, babe, great. Who stopped you from doing this? Like, why did you not do this before for yourself? You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, here I am resenting this man from like enjoying life while I'm like miserable for no reason, like for no reason, but it's like, I'm gonna be a martyr. No, you don't need to be a martyr. Nobody wants to be married to a martyr. <laughs> you need to like understand balance and enjoy a life that makes sense. And I had to learn that other things that were stupid back in the day, you didn't see how much your gas cost till a couple of days after you came out of the bank account. Mm -hmm. And I used to keep the bank account again, control freak. My husband never said he didn't want to keep the bank account never ever had any issue but i wanted to control it so i would say to him how much did you spend on gas and he would say to me about 30. oh it was like he had like middle fingered me what's about 30. is it 29.95 is it 31.02 like what's about 30. you know <laughs> like the one cent would have really like overdrawn our account and like just bankrupt us, right? Like that's the kind of stupid stuff I mean when I say stop being a martyr. And I remember same thing. I said to him, you know what? You're gonna take this checkbook and manage it. And every single time I say that, he comes up with better ways of doing it, right? Like every single time. It's like, but who forced you to do this? 
<laughs> Why are you so miserable taking control that no one's asked you to take? And you know, and like just be careful with that because you know we don't want to do things for our people out of any place but love. You just you just don't. And I think sometimes we get in our we get in our own way where we feel like we're doing things because we're obligated to make this sacrifice, and then we want all heaven and earth to bow to us for making this mm -hmm. sacrifice. And ain't healthy for anybody, and nobody wants to be married to a martyr. So that's my three. You know, like. Um, you know, make sure, like I said, don't be, don't be a martyr. Okay. It's the clean house. Get ready to be a janitor, but yeah, like get ready to be ready for like, you know, putting in the work and doing what you have to do. And just, again, know it's from my perspective, my issue may not be your issue. So disregard everything just spoken, but if it is just, you know, keep in mind some of from the stupid mistakes I've made so you can not make them. <laughs> yeah. I, I love all of those because I just think as a, as a young woman or a young person, just, especially if you choose to get married, like those may be things that if you weren't married, you may work through naturally, potentially before you got married during that kind of young adulthood, young womanhood years. And before you get married, you may have realized those things, but when you are married younger, you may be realizing those things about yourself while you're also married at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video. Also, our time together does not have to end here. You've heard our thoughts on this topic, but we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals Podcast, where we'll continue this conversation throughout the next week. Until next time, bye. Bye.